Hey, everybody, welcome to Texas Three Step, now sponsored by Texas Sports Life. This is episode two, coming out on August 5th. We've got a great show ahead, guys. So, Tyler, tell us what's going to happen. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about, a lot of interesting things. Um, we're going to talk about the NBA's final teams battling it out for the final spot. We're going to talk about, in college football, Pac-12 players holding out. And then we're going to talk about Giannis Cespedes saying, I... I'm going to head out when he was opting out. Among other things we're going to talk about tonight. Cody, you going to start us off with some NBA? Yeah, let's talk about what's happening out West. Uh, there's a pretty good battle going on for the eight seed, eighth and ninth seeds right now. Uh, right now, the Grizzlies, as of this podcast, have a game and a half lead over uh, the Spurs and Pelicans. I think the Spurs lost, so they may be down, uh, I think, two games now. But uh, that would make the Pelicans the second team. And they have an interesting schedule ahead of them. Because uh, they, they beat Memphis tonight. Then they play Sacramento, Washington, San Antonio, Sacramento again, and Orlando. So the Pelicans could actually sneak into that eighth seed. But uh, with the playoff rules this year, eighth and ninth have to play, I believe, if they're within four games of each other yeah so let, let me run down kind of how the system works because it's a little funky but so if teams get within four games if the ninth seed gets within four games of the eighth seed when these eight games are done they will have one playing game if the ninth seed wins then they'll have a second playing game but if the eighth seed wins the first game then it'll be over and the eighth seed will be into the tournament it's a really funky dynamic for sure but really um if you look at it the west they have i think four they have four teams right now competing for that ninth spot and they're right on the edge of that eighth spot um we have the the spurs the blazers the pelicans the kings five teams and the suns on the outside and then we have the grizzlies on that eighth seed and then on the other side in the Eastern Conference, we just have the Wizards trying to play within four games of the Brooklyn Nets. So it, it's a race right now to kind of keep winning games and keep staying alive. It, it's definitely interesting. You know, Cody, I, I thought this kind of reminded me of, and I, I wonder if you feel the same way. Um, this reminds me a lot of like college basketball conference uh, tournaments right before the March Madness. Like it, it has that level of competitiveness where they they have to win their games, but they can kind of lose some too. Like it's it's not like they lose and they're outs, but there's definitely there's definitely a sense of urgency for them to try to win as many games as they can in these eight in this eight game stretch and try to get the best position that they can. Yeah, what, I think it feels a lot like that for a bunch of teams, uh, and some of the teams have have like a lot easier schedules than others like the pelicans they have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way uh they don't play any of the top tier teams in the east or west they're mostly playing like teams that are currently out of the playoff or teams that are the seventh seed or lower in uh i think both conferences uh the grizzlies have kind of a tough schedule o oklahoma city and you uh they have oklahoma city utah Boston. Oh, that's actually really tough. Uh, the Spurs have a pretty tough schedule the rest of the way. Uh, like, they have the 
they, I believe they lost to the 76ers tonight. That game was still going on last I checked. Uh, yeah, played- and uh, for the fans, we're recording this on Monday night, so it'll obviously be a little different when the podcast comes out on Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. Some of these teams we're ta- talking about could be eliminated by when by the time you're listening to this, but the Spurs play uh, their next few games are Denver, Utah, who are both over 10 games in front of them, uh, New Orleans, and then Houston and Utah again, both of which are 10 games or more in front of them. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers, we talked about them last time as a bit of a dark horse. Same time. Yeah. Uh, Lillard's going to have a lot of work cut out for him. They play uh, Houston, Denver, the Clippers, the 76ers, the Mavs, and Brooklyn. So it's going to be a, an uphill climb for them to get back in it. Right now they're two games out of the Let, let me Let seed. me ask you, um, who do you think has the easiest road going forward? To oh, try I, to think, get- I think it's the Pelicans by far so you're saying there's a chance we might get lebron against zion in the first round unfortunately so you're saying there's a chance so you're saying there's a chance yeah Yeah, i i I think obviously like things are going to change and they have been shifting a lot lately um i I would love to see portland or the spurs um try to make those spots because they're veteran teams that would actually challenge lakers a little bit more but obviously, I'd love to see Zion and that young squad play the Lakers too. That'd be. I would love to exciting. see Alonzo play the Lakers. I would but, love to see just all those former Laker guys going against the Lakers. I just, just want to see, see how that dynamic is. I just want to see Zion with his gigantic man baby body just hustling back down the court. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's going to be interesting because we're going to have LeBron and him on the court. We're going to have so many opportunities for chase down blocks. And also dunks on people, of course. ES- ESPN is just going to be loving that series, that four-game series, because it's not going past four games. That's for yeah. sure. No, I could see it going to five because Lonzo could have a game where he actually makes threes to bump his three-point percentage up to 20% for the series. And- yeah, I'm, I'm going to call cap on that. Like, there's <laughs> Lonzo has just been bricking everything right now. Like but, that that jump shot is still not fixed. It's still just very like herky jerky. Like he's he's still not fluid with it. I don't have confidence in him actually making shots. I think that but, game will be five series or five, that series will be five games max. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a good place to say. I think it's going to be four, but yeah, something crazy could happen. It could go five games. I don't know. That'd be very. That would not be good for the Lakers. They don't want to waste. They're a veteran team. They don't want to be playing any more games. Um, yeah, exactly. Sure. I don't know. It's, it's uh, Lonzo's shots about as broken as uh, Soroka right now. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, and, uh, we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, let, let's move to the East real quick. This is very brief. Do you think the Wizards will make the? that threshold that four game threshold i think there's six games out right now at the moment let me see they are oh my gosh they're seven and a half games out right now (laughs) yeah so it's it's highly unlikely at this point but do you think there's any chance i i would say they have about as much of a chance as the pelicans do of make making it to six games yeah it's just this tough position for the Wizards. It really is. Like, obviously, they wish they had a full season where they could try to like 
get a little bit closer, but you know, this is good experience for the young guys and like, it doesn't hurt that they have more games, obviously, as long as no one gets hurt. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at their schedule. Uh, tonight they lost to uh, Indiana by 11. So that makes them 0-3 so far in the bubble. So what uh, you're saying is that their only chance is if they actually became Wizards and like started casting spells and crap. Yes, probably. They have five games left, so they'd have to win out, and I think Brooklyn would have to like lose out for them to get in. But they play Philadelphia, New Orleans, Oklahoma City, Milwaukee, and Boston. So yeah, it's just it's not going to happen. I, I would bump it up to saying their chance of getting that eight versus nine game is about as high as the Pelicans beating the Lakers. Yeah, that, that, that sounds about right for sure. Let's um. So we really cover the spots, and this this will change for sure by next time we have a podcast. Um. But let, let's kind of take a step back and just look at both conferences as a whole. Is there anything you guys are seeing there standing out right now among any of these teams? The Raptors have looked really good. Yeah, I, I totally look, agree. Like, their defense has been dominant. Like, they, they played the Lakers the other night, and they just completely shut them down. Now, part of that was Danny Green was just breaking threes. But... Yeah, was, the Raptors have been dominant on defense. And then offensively, it seems like one of their five starters just keeps stepping up. I think tonight Van Vliet had like 36. Yeah, he did. Which I'm I'm so happy because I've always thought Van, Van Vliet's hard to say. <laughs> he he needed to be a, a starter. I, I never thought he should have been on the bench. Him and um, Kyle Lowry together, just it's so hard to guard. Like you got these quick low guards that can shoot threes and just rain on you. It's just very difficult for a lot of these teams, especially like a Lakers team where LeBron's playing point guard. Like you don't want to be chasing Kyle Lowry around and Kyle Van Vliet. Kyle Van Vliet? Kyle Van Vliet. We'll see if I can say his name correctly next time. Say five times fast. <laughs> um, what else have you guys learned so far? That the Mavericks, like we talked about last week, are horrible at closing out games. Oh my goodness, horrible. <laughs> yeah, sh- shout out to Q. The, you said that last week that they were awesome for the first three quarters and then they're just terrible in the fourth quarter, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, anything that's clutch, it's uh, they don't, they have no idea what's going on when it, when it comes to crunch time. I, don't, I mean, it's ridiculous, man. Yeah, what do you think's wrong with them, Tyler? You blame it on coaching, the players, or? I think part of it, well, it, obviously it's always going to be part of its coaching, but I think part of it is your main player, your main leader is a young Luka Doncic. Like there, there's going to be moments where like, there's a lot of pressure on him and just his, his young inexperience is going to show a little bit. And like this, this is kind of truth for all young players. They're never very great closers. They're yeah. Really uh, also, I think another thing that's factored into their, their losses uh, I've been reading the uh, two last two minute reports. Uh, mm-hmm. The game against Houston, there were two blown calls in the last two minutes in overtime that went against the Mavericks. Uh, and then there was a horrible foul called that uh, Rick Carlisle challenged against the Suns that basically ended the game because the officials decided that even though there was like no contact on a Ricky Rubio step back, uh, they decided it was still a foul. 
Yeah, the NBA came out and said there were some missed calls, didn't they? Uh, right. They came out for the Rockets game. I I don't know about the uh, the game against the Suns. Yeah, that's just that's never a good sign when the NBA is coming out and saying like, "Oh, we messed up these calls." You don't want that, but yeah, luckily these aren't playoff games, so yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Um, I mean, the Mavs already clinched too, and so they're not they're not too worried. But they, I mean, if they clean up some of these issues, they that offense is elite. Like, if if they could just figure something out and that that could work, maybe even thirty percent of the time. They, they could come in and upset somebody in the first. Yeah, I could see that. And they're, they're still fighting for, I think, a better position. I think they could get the six, I'm pretty sure. Um, but now the yeah, Rockets look like they're on fire, too. I think they're too far out to get the six seed now. They're two and a half games back of Oklahoma City. Yeah, and we got about four or five games left, right? Uh, they have six games left. They got six games. So there's, there's yeah. still a chance, but it's difficult. Yeah, by the but time... You, uh, our listeners are hearing this. They'll probably be at four or five games left, though. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see where they're at at that point. Um, yeah, so the, the Mavs look very good. Um, the flip side of that, of the really great game they had, the Rockets also looked very good in that game, especially James Harden and the Russ. They were just absolutely on fire. I, um, I think I mentioned it last week, like, the Mavs are a better team, but the Rockets, just with Russ and James Harden, they literally can just shoot their way like to the point of winning. Like Just go on streaks and go on fire and just outplay a better team. Just That's on true. Threes alone, alone, which is crazy. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the way the officials are calling the game, too, for James Harden, at least. Yeah, there, there's always these complaints. I, I think it's warranted. I think James Harden does go the free throw line a lot more than the average player. And he really, he does get some calls. You're like, yeah, those are a little softs. But there's a skill but, that's attributed to that. I mean, it, yeah. It's just yeah. his style of play. And, and props to him for doing it uh, and recreate or uh, creating himself into a superstar uh, with today's NBA rules. Yeah, you, you have to credit James Harden. Like, as much as fans, like, complain about how his game is, like, he dribbles so much, he jacks up threes, he always gets these foul calls. Like, it, it really works for him, though. And it, he's it's really hard to guard on a regular basis. It's really hard to stop. Yeah, because he's, like, his game is literally to draw a foul. Unless he's shooting a three for the most, usually unless he's shooting a three. Free throws are part of the game for a reason, man. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And like, it, it's just more than him just getting points. Like, you're getting a chance for your guys to rest, and also you're putting the other team in foul trouble. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, it's such a smart strategy. I mean, Luca sure. fouled out against him. So, yeah, exactly. Um, th- that's probably one of the things like I was talking about. Like, Luca with his inexperience, like, he, he point guard should never be in a position where they're getting close to fouling out. Usually it's big men. But he, as a leader and the star player, like he, he can't be fouling out in games. That shouldn't be happening. Yeah, I agree. But I, agree. I think with the way these games have been called so far, uh, it, there have been a lot of players fouling out. Like Devin Booker had five fouls last night uh, before the halfway point of the third quarter. Yeah, I, I think 
the main theme of everything we've learned so far from the NBA is there's been a lot of foul calls. Like the refs have definitely been whistle happy for sure. And then there, there's some teams standing out, but it's just, we still have a lot to learn. I, I feel like we're going to know a lot more at the end of these eight games for sure. Yeah. But I, I think, I think that does it for NBA. We're going to keep, everyone in touch with uh, what's going on throughout the week on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll obviously have a recap next week, but that's kind of what's been going on NBA. Well, I, I think- can we talk about Michael Porter real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, the last thing we want to talk about for the NBA, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, he went off the other night against the uh, Thunder in a big overtime win for the Nuggets. He scored a career high uh, 37. Uh, wow. And he had 12 rebounds. I read he's the first player to do it since uh, the Nugget for the Nuggets since Melo back in the day. Yeah, we're, we're starting to see why everyone thought Michael Porter Jr. was going to be special. Like, it's taking a long time because of his injuries, but he is definitely a talent. We'll, we'll be keeping an eye on him and some of these other young players that have been playing well, and we'll be recapping that in the next couple of weeks. I think uh, we're, we're going to move on to MLB now. Um, Keely, you want to you tell us the, the elephant in the room, the main story of the week that everyone's been talking about? Oh, yo, and assessment is. <laughs> Dude, just yeah, said, I'm out of here. <laughs> granted, granted, he wasn't having that great of a start to the season at all. He was he was poor, performing pretty pretty badly. But I mean, he was hitting one sixty one with two home runs in eight games, right? And that's that's Ooh. the anchor in that lineup, though. And so for him to just randomly not even show up and not even notify anybody, and uh, I mean, the players, a lot of the players, from what I'm seeing, they didn't even know that like that he opted out. They had no idea. He just they just got the notification late into that game and they're like, Oh, okay. We just lost the anchor of our lineup for the, for the rest of the year. Uh, so he just, he just straight up left and bailed. I don't Yeah. Know. Just imagine like just the emotions of everyone. Like all of a sudden you're hearing right before the game, like Yoannis has not showed up. No one can contact him. No one knows where he is. Like imagine trying to play a game after that. Like, you could be concerned about your teammate's safety. Like, right. You don't know what's going on at all. It's pretty and messed it's just, up, man. It's pretty messed up. But I mean, also it's the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're a train wreck of an organization. And, oh man, whatever can, they're, they're basically Murphy's law attributed into a team. Whatever can go wrong, will go wrong for the Mets. And it's just, they're just a nightmare waiting to happen. So, I mean, I, I, in my opinion, he probably just opted out because he wants out. So, yeah, I, I think that's what it looks like. It's like he didn't show up, and then all of a sudden there's pictures of him at the mall. So it's like, what what message are you sending? Like, you're obviously like it's not really a Corona thing because you're going out to the mall and you're not really being safe. So, is it really like you just don't want to play for the Mets this year? Right. Exactly. Exactly. No. Yeah. That's that's got to be something like that, man. Um. I mean, they're just not performing very well, anyways. Um, <clears throat> I mean, they're three and seven right now. Ouch! Yeah, <laughs> not good. Um, that kind of brings us to um, so they're three and seven. 
what's going on with some of the other teams in the league just record-wise and like how are some of these teams playing who's standing out who's not doing well just kind of oh for sure tell me what's going on for sure the uh the main player that's standing out this week in particular is uh is definitely Aaron Judge he is on an absolute tear right now he just had in the last five games He's had six home runs, 13 RBIs, and a 368 average. And he's, wow. yeah, the guy has been tearing the leather off the baseball. And uh, it's it's just been otherworldly. He is looking right back to that MVP year, MVP caliber year that he had. Uh, what, what year was that? 2017, Cody? Yeah, I think so. And it's just, he looks exactly like the same guy he was. And on top of that, on top of that, um, <clears throat> Well, Stanton Judge is, is healthy joining. and locked in. They're both healthy, and that's the biggest thing. The Yankees are off to a 7-1 start at this point, and it's, they're just looking better and better. And if – I mean, they may be the favorite to win it all if the Dodgers can't get players like Bellinger and uh, and Turner and Peterson going. I mean, Mookie's performing, but he just got hurt. So that looks like – they look like they're going to be the favorite team in the entire league. So Wow. Yeah, so and on top Yankee- of that with Aaron Judge uh, – I heard on the radio today that he's joined it was either two other players in baseball history or two players in Yankee history with the kind of tear he's on. Uh those two players there are just Alex Rodriguez and Babe Ruth. Yeah, not that's that's just minor company. Yeah. <laughs> just minor. Some of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. One of the greatest players <laughs> no of all time and one of the greatest cheaters of all time. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No. Hey, Rod. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, speaking of which, we just talked about the Mets. Uh, isn't A Rod about to buy, buy them? Um, I haven't seen a lot more updates on that, but I know a lot of people are just angry at A Rod right now because of what, of the stuff that he was doing at the beginning with, uh, with the COVID talks. He, uh, he, you know, he was he was working from a very, uh, very, actually a good publicity before this season came around, and now people are just trashing him all over again. Um, it seemed like he almost he almost brought his reputation back, but now that he took the ownership side and really just kind of trashed the players before the season started, and just kind of uh, went full on owner mode on them. Not all, I, I, there's not a lot of people that really have his support right now. And if he buys the Mets, they're just going to be a train wreck anyways, because I wouldn't trust A-Rod leading my team. Yeah. Uh, hey, Quentin, let's get an update from the only other team in baseball that has one loss right now, the Miami Marlins. Do you have anything new on them? <laughs> oh, man. Just more and more COVID. <laughs> they're still at 17. Um, still at 17 total players. Um, they're still postponed, right? Yeah, they're still yeah. postponed. There's really not a real update that you can go off of other than like they're not going to play for a little while. And you're going to see a lot of doubleheaders. If, if we get to finish baseball, you're going to see a ton of doubleheaders. I mean, leads in, that leads right into the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals are just bad. I mean, how do you they, – they have 13 players that just tested positive. And how do you do this as, as a major league team – I'm, now these are just rumors, and I don't know if the rumors are true. But from a lot of lot of high ranking baseball people, I've seen that they 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 hold a lot of weight, and it's that the players went out and partied or went out to casinos and stuff like that. And it's like, how can you be that selfish when you know your entire game's on the line right now? 
Yeah, it's like I think the Marlins and now the Cardinals, like they both have reports of like going out to clubs or going out to uh, bars and stuff. It's just like, yeah, you, you can't be doing that, especially when like your paycheck's on the line too. Yeah, like, why would you risk that? Honestly. Yeah, and you're seeing uh, Fauci come out and say that uh, baseball's in trouble, and uh, Rob Manfred saying that the season uh, may not get to finish and stuff like that, and uh, other leagues are have spent over a month getting ready for uh to have a bubble and they're in a bubble right now and things are going great you and you're going to go out and ruin that by going to a bar or club or casino or whatever especially when the players are the one that turned the bubble the turn the bubble down i mean yeah. if you look at it they're the ones that said we don't want to leave our families and we don't want to be away i mean why would you vote that down and then turn around and ruin it for the other players there's going to be players, especially if they, especially if the season gets canceled, and then I don't know what's going to happen with pay and things like that. Um, that's for a discussion later if this if this starts coming up. But but I mean, you you're putting these players that are that are fringe roster players at risk for losing their entire livelihoods, and these fringe roster guys don't make very much comparison to to these superstars. Yeah, and you're uh, like I think my. Uh, Mike or Carl Yastrzemski, whichever one's currently playing for the Giants, I, for, yeah. I forgot his name. Uh, <laughs> Carl, Carl Yastrzemski was his dad. That was that's the that's the legend. <laughs> okay. Well, Mike, uh, like you could potentially be ruining the best year of his career. He's off to a terrific start, mm-hmm. and the ending this, like he's he's an old player for. Uh, for for a yeah for a seasoned young guy it's weird like he's, yeah. he's one of these guys that came up late and spent a long time in the minors and so yeah, it's and ruining a lot for him. You're taking this year away from him when it could be a breakout year and it's gonna mess up uh, stuff with his con contracts and stuff because he could be in for a, a big jump in pay in the future. Yeah, I mean he's thirty it. years old. I mean who who knows what's gonna happen with this guy from this point on. I mean this may be his only chance to actually bank in and there's there's just countless of cases around like that around the MLB right now and just putting that at risk is just so utterly selfish it's insane. Yeah it's it's seriously just a uh, selfishness and I think as the season gets canceled uh other player or players are just gonna start calling each other out. If it was up to me, I would. Uh, if, oh, man, you can't really tell what Manfred's gonna do. The guy is off his rocker. <laughs> um, but if I was them, I would. I would start imposing fines and start imposing suspensions. I mean, either either kick him out or do something. You, I mean, they're. It's, it's just it seems unfair to punish the rest of the sport for for players acting stupidly. And so yeah. It, it just all this kind of just goes back to it seems like like there's no plans in place like i said last week it's just like there is no plans okay these teams start getting affected like what are we going to do what are we going to do when people are breaking the rules like none of that it's like it's like manfred and the leadership is just like oh we're just going to do this on the fly we'll figure it out we'll figure it out major like league baseball season. is a airplane without a pilot it's it's on a full nosedive straight into a freaking Mount Rushmore. <laughs> it's it's just insane, dude. I've never seen this much inept leadership at, out of any sport next to maybe Roger Goodell at times. Yeah, I was about to say the NFL has been pretty bad. They don't seems like they don't really have much of a plan either so far. Yeah, but they're going to learn from the MLB's mistakes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Be as bad, hopefully. Yeah, uh, so maybe. If maybe. Someone, yeah. If there's someone yeah. not going to learn, it might be Roger Goodell. 
<laughs> yeah, so um, not only are the corona cases and just the whole season is a disaster from that perspective, it seems like it's been a disaster with just injuries too. Oh, for sure. Uh, man, there's injuries all over the place. We Last episode, we, we went off on a whole list. It was a, honestly felt like we were le- reading a 50-page book of <laughs> just injuries yeah. after injury after injury, and we just got more and more. Uh, I mean, Shohei Otani's hurt. That's big for uh, for Texas teams in the division. Uh, he, uh, he hurt his uh, flexor rotator mass. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what that is. I'm not a doctor. But Not. he cannot throw for four to six weeks, and so he's gonna be he's gonna be on day to day schedule for DHing. And so honestly, especially with the way he he came back and started pitching, I don't know if he's actually even gonna be a pitcher ever again at this point. Yeah, if I were the Angels, I would just move him to uh, right field DH and and not really worry about him. Uh, that's what TCU did a while back with Luke and Baker. He was a stud on the mound, but he kept getting hurt. So. They converted him to a first baseman, and he still kept getting hurt. But there's a reason that nobody can be a two-way player like that anymore. Like, it's not a – it's just – man, because they, they, they were calling him the Japanese Babe Ruth. And the guy just yeah. – he, he was insane when he came in, and he looked like he was going to be a superstar. But it's just – you just can't hold on to your arm like that when it's – I mean, yeah. injuries are bound to happen, especially with a guy as big as he is. And the way the MLB is now, it's so taxing on players – uh, just to pitch, like just to pitch one inning, it's taxing on him. Yeah. But when you take into account pitching multiple innings every five days plus uh, batting every like two or three, it's even more thoughts, more things you have to go through and a higher chance of injury. I'm going to run through a couple things real quick more on the Angels here. Um, uh, Jose, or dang it, not Jose, <laughs> Albert Pujols. Sorry about that. Albert Pujols is uh, is is about to be on a day for history. He's uh, he's getting close to uh, getting close to is it Hank Aaron numbers? No, it's Willie Mays numbers. There we go. He's getting close to Willie Mays numbers on the home run board. And uh, Mike Trout just had baby Trout, so you can look for the first overall pick in about thirty years. Thirty? <laughs> no, not thirty. 30. Yeah, twenty. <laughs> Maybe eighteen. Golly, that's a little late. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that's a, that'd be a weird time frame. Mike Yastrzemski. <laughs> Yeah, my <laughs> yeah. Um, but sticking in the sticking in the AL West here, uh, let's transition over to some Rangers and some Astros news. Cody, you got anything? Uh, yeah, the Astros yesterday just put uh, one of their best relievers, Roberto Asuna, on the injured list. I think that's a pretty big blow for their bullpen. Uh, they they've kind of had trouble with injuries. Uh, the Rangers have too. I think yesterday or maybe Saturday they went and put uh, Danny Santana on the injured list. Uh, but I, I don't think Santana's injury is that serious. It's not as serious as like the blows to the other players had so far. Yeah, like earlier today, uh, Mike Soroka went down uh, with an injury. It looked like his Achilles popped, so that that's not good injury. for him or the Braves. Yeah, that was a really nasty injury. Um, yeah, going going back to staying in the AL West, though. Um, <clears throat> honestly, I think Joey Gallo. We are seeing a budding superstar right before our eyes. The guy has been on a well. Recently, he's been on a tear. His he's, his batting average is up to three ten now. His OPS is over a thousand, and he has a four twenty nine OBP. And I mean, all if you look at his numbers last year when he was healthy, 
and what he was trending towards. Those were those were MB, MVP caliber numbers. Yeah, and, Gallo's definitely turned it around since his slow start to the season, but that was also because of the uh, positive COVID test he had. Yeah, for for sure. He, I mean, yeah, he's working also with like two weeks less of time to prepare for this whole year. So what he's doing is incredible. I mean, I saw a stat today. It was by, uh, it was listed on Twitter by John Blank, uh, very high ranking person in the Rangers. Um, All three of Joey Gallo's home runs in 2020 have been hit by left-handed pitchers. He has 26 home runs versus left-handed pitchers since the start of 2018. Two more than any other player in MLB since that time frame. Yeah, he's he's been insane. Uh, I saw today that he's tied, I think, for 10th in the American League in war. Uh, And sticking with the Rangers, Lance Lynn is, I believe, 8th in war, which is pretty impressive for a pitcher. I mean, he's been incredible for his first two outings. Uh, Next to Shane Bieber, he's looked like the most complete pitcher in the baseball so far. Now, I don't know if he'll be able to keep that up. Because Lance Lynn's been known to put up a couple stinkers every now and then, but he's the dude's an absolute workhorse. Yeah, it's nice to know we have a guy that's going to go out every uh, every time, turn through the rotation, and uh, be able to put up probably six, five, six innings. And at times he can be dominant. At times, you know, he's going to get you at least through five innings. It may not be pretty, but it'll be some innings and he's going uh, to pitch he's going for uh bartolo cologne belly there <laughs> oh yeah that beard's looking nasty too yeah it is um uh, one more let's thing. jump to the astros real quick uh they've rebounded nicely since the uh series sweep against uh since being swept by the dodgers and only scoring four runs in those two games uh they've scored at least six runs in their uh series against seattle in every game against them uh, so it looks like that offense is starting to come to life now. Everybody besides the main core still. Just, uh, um, we still got Springer, Altuve, and uh, Bregman still haven't got it together. But uh, but other than that, I mean, Brantley has been going off. The problem with the Astros is I don't know how they're how everything's going to hold up for them because they're relying on 13 total rookies right now, 10 of which are pitchers, especially with Osuna and Verlander out. Uh, that leaves Presley as the only vet left in the pen. So there's there's a ton of uncertainty right now, especially in the bullpen side of things. So that's uh, that's a long road to go with a bunch of rooks on the mound. Yeah, uh, another thing to note is uh, Carlos Correa is turning it around. He's hitting he's hitting three thirty three now on the year. Well, that's yeah, that's impressive. I, th- I figured he would start turning it around. Uh, you could tell a lot of those bat- uh, bats in the early in the year that they were just they were just angry. <laughs> yeah. People were giving Especially so that crap. Dodgers series. Mm-hmm. But I, I think now they're they just took a deep breath and uh they're starting to get it together. Uh Bergman's uh the highest hitting of their main core right now. He's hitting two eleven. Yeah, that's definitely a turnaround from what he was. So. Yeah. I, I think you can expect Bregman, Springer and Altuve to all turn it around. I think Altuve will definitely turn it around because even before uh even back when the Astros were horrible and losing like a hundred games a season, uh Altuve was hitting over three hundred. So I think there's a good chance he can turn things around. They're definitely gonna need it, especially with uh with the rotation and the bullpen the way it is. But uh yeah, yeah that's about all we got for baseball today. Um you wanna roll over to something else? Yeah, I think um we decided we're gonna start implementing some segments in here to break things up. So 
We're going to have a little non-sports segment right now to just kind of break up the monotony. Q, you want to start us off? Yeah. Welcome to Texas Man of the Week. This is where we uh, we pull up some crazy Texas man story um, that, that happened during the week that we were doing each one of these. And now this could be any week in history of Texas. It's just going to be something crazy, some crazy headline that I that, that found out during that time period. Uh since in this week we got a here's the headline it's a post by fox news <laughs> and it says texas man held hostage by co-workers offered grilled cheese police say this one's really funny because i didn't know when i was reading this the guy has my, the guy that did this has the same exact last name as me and he may be related to me <laughs> it was actually quentin's brothers that went to do it Oh, I hope not. It does. I don't have a that brother named Jeremy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> as let far as you a, know, you don't. Let me bring a brief hypnosis about this real quick, though. Um, <clears throat> so four people in Texas allegedly committed uh, possibly one of the strangest crimes, holding a man gunpoint Sunday. Uh, it was August 7th, 20, 2019. They then offered him a grilled cheese sandwich, according to police. Jeremy Radford, Thomasine Radford, Jameson, Nezakeb, and William Swan were arrested on charges charges of aggravated kidnapping. <laughs> the victim and the three suspects worked together, uh, and uh, while holding the man at gunpoint, the suspects allegedly searched through his phone while demanding answers to a work-related issue. The hostage incident stemmed over allegations and comments made by the victim about one of the co-workers. When the victim was released, he was reportedly offered a grilled cheese sandwich for his troubles. No description of the sandwich was given. Did he accept the sandwich, though? That's what everyone wants to know. It's unended. <laughs> I, I would like they're to they're know how the grilled us? cheese tasted. That's what I'm saying. How long did they take on this grilled cheese? Now, when you yeah, got somebody yeah. at gunpoint, where are you cooking the grilled cheese? It's like, hey, let me put some butter on the grill real quick. Hold on one second. Let me just get the sandwich ready. <laughs> it's like that I, I'm, Alexa I'm commercial. I'm surprised. What's up? It's like that Alexa commercial. Hey, Alexa, how do you make a grilled cheese? And Chef Ramsey's there. <laughs> the name is in the recipe. I'm just really so, scared that these are my family members that I don't even know. Yeah, they, they need to be a little bit calmer, you know, eat some grilled cheese, get some soup with it, not rob these stores. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> oh, man. There's going to be many, many more Texas stories just like this one. Don't worry. Yeah, we're going to yes. try to give the Florida man a run for his money. I think we can. I, I think Texas <laughs> is starting to get there. Yeah, But uh, let's uh, let's transition back into sports after that little break. We're going to talk some uh, college football. And college football, there is really just a lot going on just all over the place. So we, we've had um, – Updates from the Power Five conferences of kind of what they're going to do. Uh, just earlier today, uh, Monday, Big 12 announced kind of how they're going to structure their conference. But right now, going through the Power Five conferences, we got the ACC is going to play 10 conference games and one out-of-conference game. The SEC is going to go all-conference and play 10 games. The Big 12, who announced earlier, um, they're going to go nine conference games and then one out-of-conference game. And then the Pac-12 and Pac-10 are going conference only, but I don't think we know how many games they're going to play at this point. So it's, it's really 
interesting. Like, first of all, they're not, these teams are not really on the same page how many games they're going to play. And then some are playing out of conference, some are not. So it just, it leaves a lot of question marks. Like, what's going to happen um, with the postseason? Like, are we going to have conference championship games? Are teams going to have to play a certain amount of games to kind of like be qualified if we even have championship games? Um, there's stuff like what's going to happen to the, the smaller conferences and like, what are they going to do? Are they going to follow the Power Five conferences' leads and go mostly conference only? And then there's questions just like, what's going to happen to the indebe- independent schools like BYU? Like, what are they going to do now? Because everyone's cu- uh, canceling out of conference. Like, are they going to join a conference like Notre Dame? What's going to happen with that? Cody, like, what do you think when you first hear about these reports of these conferences going conference only? I think it's pretty interesting, especially with what the Big 12 did with their one non-conference game, because now that's going to basically throw a wrench into uh, like Texas had LSU scheduled. They're not going to be able to play that game uh, because of how the SEC is structuring their schedule. So the uh, so UT is going to have to go and probably look for a, a group of five team or maybe an FCS team for the first time in forever. Yeah, and you have to wonder, too, what's going to happen with the FCS. The The main conferences in the FCS, like the Southland, we still don't know what's going to happen with them. We still don't know if they're playing a full season, if they're going conference only. I imagine, though, the Power Five conferences' decisions are going to weigh heavily on them. So they're probably leading a little bit towards conference only. But um, well, Well, I don't know if they're going to go conference only. Because a lot of their teams make money off of make really good money off of playing against uh, FBS teams, so I think that they they'll probably go to like what the Big Twelve did with uh, nine conference games and one non conference games, just so their team uh, their teams can go in and get some extra money because they're they're going to lose money this year. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of programs losing money this year for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think getting back to the FCS, um, the hard thing is like who's available for these out of conference games. Like the D two schools are basically not playing, so you can't play down. The the schools that you can play up are really just kind of the non power five schools and then the independent schools. Well, uh, you can play Big Twelve. Like my alma mater is scheduled to play a Big Twelve school, so. Do you think they would use that one game on FCS teams, or do you think they would just play good FBS teams? I think they'd use it on an FCS team just so they can get warmed up for conference play because more than likely a school like Texas Tech isn't going to be playing uh, Kansas to open up the season. Well, Kansas is in the same conference. (laughs) No, that's what I I mean. They're not going to get that cupcake game to start the season in Kansas. Oh, <laughs> right. I just, right. I just feel like the scheduling is going to be so weird this this year, especially with there. I mean, is there going to be a ranking structure? Is there going to be anything like to to actually like decipher who the better teams are? Is there's going to like what are they going to do with all this? You know, especially yeah, like, opting out. How how am I as a Texas fan going to know if Texas is back? Like, I I need to know when we were high up in the rankings when we shouldn't be up there. Like, come on now. Well, you'll get I, real high in the rankings, and then you'll find a way to lose to inferior teams. 
Hey, there's there's one bright side to all this. We don't have to play Maryland's. It doesn't have to happen. Let's go. Don't you have to go to Kansas though? That that's true. We we hopefully this year we don't lose to Kansas. But golly, I I, I hope we don't. Play. If we lose to Kansas, I, I might have to start looking for a new team. I might, you know, with that and. <laughs> That and Shaka Smart just driving me insane. Hey, Texas, I might have to start looking for a new school. Texas forever, Tyler. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It's getting a little tough. Uh, Texas A&M's <laughs> in a pretty interesting spot. It looked like they had a good chance of being, I think, 10-0 and heading into that game against either Alabama or LSU. Now that the schedule's mixed up, how are you feeling about them, Tyler? Well, I, I haven't seen what their schedule's going to be yet. I haven't actually seen that, but um, hopefully they don't go 10 now. I would love to not see that happen. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know. It's, it's kind of going to be up in the air like every other team. They, they really can't come in with any high expectations. They just kind of have to come in neutral. Like it's going to be a weird event every single week. It's not going to be like normal games. Yeah, I, I think – go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Q. Uh, yeah. I, I'm just—I was going to add. I truly think that that A and M is a sleeping giant. If if they figure out how to how to not lose very very winnable games, uh, they just have a knack at, at doing that every single year. It doesn't even matter what season it is. Yeah, totally. And and they they got to steal some of these. Like last year, they played against like Clemson and some of these big schools. They got to try to steal a few of these games. Yeah, for sure. Well, like, I look at them like they're kind of like a UFC fighter that's like they dominate all the unranked people, but like when they start playing people higher up in the rankings, they just they can't do it, and they just constantly lose the elite fighters. It's kind of what Texas A&M is. Well, their problem is they they either play pretty bad teams that they beat, or they play like top tier teams like Clemson and Alabama and get destroyed. Right. Yeah, part part of it, I think, just it goes to scheduling. Like they can't be playing a bunch of elite teams in a row. Like that's not very smart. Yeah, and that that's the problem with scheduling games so far in advance. Like probably when they scheduled that Clemson game, I I don't know when they actually scheduled it, but Clemson was probably like just a top twenty five team, not not the insane team that we all view them as now. Yeah, it could have been five, six, shoot, could have been 10 years in advance. Like some of these go really far back. It's just kind of tough, but it's kind of interesting. We weren't really going to talk about this, but have you all noticed how easy it is for some of these teams to just kind of like all of a sudden just schedule with another team? That is true. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I don't know. I, I think the scheduling is all thrown off in, in NCAA anyways. And I think eventually, eventually these conferences are going to take over the main aspects of everything. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was going to lead into eventually. Um, these power five conferences are showing more and more that they're kind of independent of the, the NCAA. And like, I, I think this is, this is kind of a trial run of, can they kind of be outside the NCA and have success? Um, can they set their own rules? You know, when it comes to the Pac-12, they kind of seem to be the leader in some of these things, um, especially what's going on with this kind of player situation. The, right now, players in the Pac-12 are kind of holding out for 
a, a bunch of reasons from uh, fighting social injustice, like they want the Pac-12 to be more vocal on that. There aren't really specifics exactly yet, but and then there's the players want to get paid. Um, they they want to have their rights protected. They want to have long term health insurance. It's kind of just going to the whole theme of like the NCAA has kind of been holding down these conferences and keeping them in this position where players can't get played or paid. They're kind of they're screwed over in a lot of things. Like they're not getting health insurance. They can't they can't sell memorabilia. They can't do all these different things. And like this situation with the Pac-12, if the Pac-12 decides to kind of like give in to the demands of these players, it, it could be the beginning of all these conferences separating from the NCAA. Well, the players are actually about to start getting paid. Uh, I, the NCAA voted about a, a little less than a year ago that players could, uh, can start getting paid for their name. Yeah, but it seems like they still don't have like a structure in place of like how that's going to work. I think. Oh yeah. Minimum, there's. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I think at a minimum you, you should be able to be allowed to make money off of your namesake. That's that's crazy that that's still a rule. That's such an archaic rule at this point. Yeah, and I I think we could definitely go in deep into this topic on another episode, but. Yeah, I, I totally understand where these players are coming from, especially with like all the corona going on. Like, you, you want to have insurance if you get sick from corona doing all this. Like, you, you don't want to be scared and like afraid like you're not going to be able to pay bills or like eat in the middle of a pandemic. Like, yeah. I, I think they're definitely being reasonable. We'll have to see like what the specifics are. These are kind of just broad demands right now we haven't gotten the specifics and we haven't heard from the pac 12 so we'll be keeping an eye on that for sure that that's basically it with college football do you guys have anything else that pops out to you no i'm good uh i do think we we could probably do just an entire episode talking about uh paying college athletes for real yeah i i think we could um i i know you wrote a paper on that at one point and i've had to write some stuff on it too i i think we could definitely break down just like why it's been, it hasn't happened and well, why like it's so difficult. It's not just easy to say like, Hey, let's pay the players. Like there's a yeah, lot that has to go into it. Th- there's one thing that's preventing it from happening. Title nine. Yeah. And there's that, there's a lot of legal things in place. Yeah. So, so we'll definitely, I think we'll do that at some point. If we don't have a college football season, obviously that'd be a great thing to talk about to make up yeah. all the space. But um, moving on from uh, unprofessional football to professional football, uh, <laughs> let's talk the NFL this week. So players are coming in um, for training camp. Basically, they're checking in. They're taking their corona test. Um, and the mustache has fallen. The mustache has fallen. If, you, if people don't know who that is, I don't know how you don't at this point. Garden Minshew, the goats. R.I.P. He has corona. Along with also Matthew Stafford, another obviously notable QB, and then also Doug Peterson, the Eagles head coach, and, and that's that's kind of just what we know so far. There hasn't been a lot of reports of who has it yet. There could be more notable names that have it. Um, yeah, there hasn't been there hasn't been a lot of huge names other than those to come out that uh, that they've tested positive. I know that the Dallas Cowboys have have had zero tested positive since. Uh, since I believe the last one was Ezekiel Elliott, and that was uh, that was huge news, but uh, he turned out just fine. And then uh, 
I don't believe the Texans have anybody anybody by big name that that has tested positive either. So that's that's good news on that front. Yeah, and in the past we've had uh, Sean Payton got it, um, Von Miller had it. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the notable names that we have. But as we go along, we're probably going to have more big names come out, um, say, like notifying us that they had corona or they got corona or whatever. We'll have head coaches. We'll have training staff. We'll have all this. It'll be like another MLB situation. Well, um, if I could add, I mean, this could be – it could be a pretty uh, – a pretty good kind of science experiment if you if you if you might go about it on on herd immunity and the effects of that because the amount of players that tested positive in the initial first testing was a mass amount of players and so i mean we don't really know how many more of them can actually get it or 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 not i mean it's just uh i mean the science is out and so i mean it could go yeah the, the, the problem is like we we still don't know if you can get it again yeah exactly kind of why we're behind on that so kind of just trying to combat that without like let's let's say herd immunity is not a choice and um completely shutting down the season is not a choice like what what do you do if you're the nfl to kind of have a season oh man move them all to hawaii (laughs) (laughs) football island let's go football island like we talked about last week oh yeah i i I think them um, seeing what's going on with the Marlins, like there, there has to be obviously Marlins and MLB. There has to be plans in place, a lot more plans in place than the MLB had, and there, there needs to be a backup plan. If they start getting a lot of people infected, they probably need to have like a bubble backup plan, like flying everyone to Hawaii. And we forgot to mention that the Saints, uh, they decided to create their own bubble uh, for the players and coaches this week. And they're going to have, I think, over 100 people in it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's, uh, I think that's a really smart way to go about it. Yeah, I think all NFL teams should probably look into that because the NFL uh, players, they're, they're kind of the guys that uh, you want to keep wraps under because they're, they're real unpredictable guys like so, – I'm just going to be honest. Some of them have CTE. So you, oh my God. <laughs> you, they're, they're a little crazy. Uh, I'm looking uh, at Antonio Brown when I say that right now. <laughs> I mean, are you wrong? No. It, are you ethically wrong? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, something notable I just read is that the NFL is an- announcing findable violence high-risk COVID-19 conduct, including night, uh, nightclubs. Really? So they're already doing better than the MLB, just like that. Season yeah. hasn't started yet. Look at that. Yeah, that article just came up on, uh, I just saw it on Yahoo Sports. Wow, that's that's big. So it said yeah, nightclubs, is there any anything else they said? Uh, uh, going to clubs, bars, and house parties without PPE. Oh, so if they wear masks, they're good. Could you imagine yeah. all of them? <laughs> Dak Prescott throwing another uh, another house party that gets publicized, but everybody everybody there's wearing uh wearing the old school gloves and uh and goggles and face masks. <laughs> and they're socially distancing. Like just wrench into things. Do some social distance grinding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just we're we're in such a weird time, man. 
Yeah. Yes. Uh, also, of no uh, NFL players are they're able to opt out of the season. Uh, the deadline for that is going to be this Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern. So, for those of you that are in Texas, that's going to be three o'clock local time. Yeah, and that that wasn't original. I think it was next week. I want to say Wednesday. So they they've moved it up a little bit, which is I think for the players is not great. Like you don't appreciate something like that. You would like to have more time. You like to like know that your team is having like know the numbers of your team of who's getting infected and has a positive case. Well, and just also you want you want to know what your team's doing to like stop the virus like and protect the team. You well, want more yeah, time yeah. to know all that. I believe the reason that they the reason that they moved it up was because a lot of these players that were on the bubble or knew that what they weren't gonna get or weren't gonna make the roster, they were taking this and it's like, hey, that's hundred fifty thousand dollars that uh, I could risk going to camp and not making at all if I don't make the team. Ah, that's actually a good point. And I uh, and I believe the NFL actually updated it to where uh, if the if the players are deemed to not be at uh, an at risk player, then it's only one hundred fifty thousand dollars. If they are deemed to be an at risk player, I believe it's three hundred fifty thousand dollars of a stipend. Yeah, and let's make that clear. I'm pretty sure um, it's not actually like their money. It's it's coming out of their contract next year. It's not like a loan. Yeah, exactly. And so that makes it really interesting in how how this is going to work for some of these players that were roster bubble players, you know. And there's been a ton of them uh, that I mean, honestly, they probably wouldn't wouldn't make teams. Uh, there was a there was a Dallas Cowboys receiver. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he wasn't he he's more likely not going to make the team, and he decided to opt out. I mean, quotation marks opt out because I mean, take the free hundred fifty thousand dollars. I would do the same thing. So. So what happens if it's a guy like Adam Vinatieri who opts out and then retires after the sitting out for the season? Well, f- first of all, I'm going to cry when that happens. <laughs> this <is> the goats. <laughs> His skeleton's going to be out there kicking field goals. <laughs> and he'd still be making them, honestly. Maybe. He's the best part of last year. Yeah, he was down a little bit. Um yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I wonder if we're gonna get some big names opt out, or if we're gonna get any at all. We'll we'll see. But I, I think the other thing I was thinking was, besides what Q said, I, I think the NFL could be doing this move update as like a way to kind of like rip the bandaid off quickly. Like, hey, if you're opting out, like do it now. Like, get, let's get this out of the way. Yeah, because we'll, the longer you wait, this out. The longer you wait, the more it's gonna hurt uh, the teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the longer it goes, it's going to hurt the league, too. You have every day, like, oh, this person's opting out, and the next day, this person's opting out. This just like, it It doesn't make the league look good, for sure. Yeah, I mean, another weird 2020 thing that, uh, that the Texas Rangers had to go through now that the Raiders are going through is uh, that they're going to have to open up the season without fans. <laughs> Yeah, Raiders are they're saying the precedent. They're gonna they said like, Oh, we're not doing fans, so I think everyone will follow. That's I, I wonder what they're gonna do. Cause we've seen cardboard fans in the stands, we've seen NBA with their digital fans. I, I wonder what the NFL's gonna do. I hope it's better than those two. Cause those two have been garbage, honestly. Well, the <laughs> cardboard fans at least have gone. Uh I think teams are donating the money for those to uh like their foundations 
See, that's good. I, I respect stuff like that. See, as a viewing experience, I, I think the two uh, that I've now, since hockey has played too, now I'm not the hugest hockey fan in the world, but I think the ones that, that look like they it, it got affected the least out of a TV viewing experience are probably MLB and uh, NHL. NBA, it just seems like such a such a weird like differential from a normal game to me. Yeah, you, you have stuff like on the board, like you see people texting on their phones. You see Paul Pierce over there, literally like hand on his head when people are making bad shots. Like it, it's just it's just such a weird setup with like these digital fans. Well, and, like, Paul it, Pierce it, could also be crapping his pants. Yeah, that's true. And somebody put a uh, somebody put Dirk Nowitzki up in the uh, up during the Mavs and Rockets game too. Like. How does one even get on that too? I was wondering <laughs> that. <laughs> it, it's just su- it's such a weird dynamic. I, I think the NFL they need to do what the the European soccer leagues were doing, and they're basically they're zooming in the camera so you really couldn't ever see that there was no fans in the stadium, and then they pumped in crowd noise. Yeah, see, that's, that's a good idea. That's what the MLB's kind of done. Like it's hard to tell that there's not fans in the stadium. I, I mean, other than the car- obvious cardboard cutouts, but. Uh, other than that, I mean, you don't see the rest of the stadium very much in a baseball game, you know, so. Yeah, the, the hard thing is just, like, when you guys are just hitting dingers out of the park. Like, yeah, you see it's very noticeable. It it's very noticeable when you're watching the Yankees play right now, that's for sure. Yeah, like, NFL, it's just, like, kicking field goals would be the only time. And, like, no one's really watching that, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. for real. I wonder if they're going to use this uh, as a as a year. I know they've they've they already, they already canceled the entire uh, – Entire preseason, didn't they? They did, yes. So I thought it was all but one game. They're doing just one. I thought it was no, it was all games, right? Yeah, oh, it's all I, games. Yeah, Rocky I don't remember. Came out for all games. Yeah, it, it's it, they they uh they canceled preseason for all games. I guess it's to minimize as much contact as possible. And I mean, they already added in the extra playoff spot this year. Uh, to seven teams instead of six, and so there. I, I wonder if they're going to in- implement any other weird rule changes or anything like that uh, because yeah. of a short season. If they're not a short season necessarily, but what could be a weird altering season that they had to go through? Yeah, the, the question you keep having is what happens if like a team gets infected and they have to postpone, just right. like the the MLB like are they going to do double well they're not obviously not going to do double headers but like what are they going to do are they going to play two games in one week like how are they going to make up the schedule yeah exactly yeah they have they have a big big task on their hands probably bigger than uh than pretty much every other sport there is because of the mass amount of people that they have that plays this sport so yeah, so it, it will be interesting to see what they do. And, and we've kind of been hitting on this for every sport. Like, they're going to be trying new things um, that might actually be implemented after all this is done. You know, the NFL, they might start implementing things that are just like um, the XFL, the other football league that was started this year that tragically had to get cut short. But maybe the NFL will be like, hey, maybe we'll start changing the kickoffs. Maybe we'll start doing uh, some of the rules – they have maybe we'll start using a lot of mics and other all access things but um speaking of xfl do yeah, you guess smell what, what the xfl is cooking yeah the, the rock today buying into the xfl how big is that that is huge that is very very big for that for that league right there yeah, yeah it's breathing big. new life into it 
Yeah, I, I honestly thought it was dead. I think most people were like, this for sure done. I think it filed bankruptcy, not to the point where like it's completely shut down, but I think they're selling off some of their assets. But yeah, I think now with The Rock's investment, and I'm sure there's going to be other celebrities now because like The Rock is like the GOAT and he has all his friends. He's got Kevin Hart. I'm sure Kevin Hart will definitely come in there. <laughs> but yeah, it's new life into all this. Maybe The Rock will also have his own cool inputs he'll bring in there. Do you think he'll, he'll bring in any cool ideas from like w, his WWE days or anything like that? I think if there's one thing The Rock does know, it's got to be entertainment. Uh, that dude has transitioned from literally every aspect of media there is and uh, like entertainment industry. I mean, he's he's killed it at every level. So, I mean, the only, I mean, the real biggest time in WWE was when The Rock was around, you know, so he definitely knows how to how to bring fans and I, I i'm really interested in what he can do for the entertainment aspect of all of it yeah and i think that's what the xfl really needed like they had a lot of good things going this season but like some of the teams just did not have a lot of fans showing up to games they're still very dead like they're in these college stadiums and probably only having about twenty thousand fans yeah for real like they they need to generate a lot more support they need to I, I wouldn't say they need to bring in a lot of theatrics but just like bring in some unique creative things that make the game more interesting and kind of be a little bit different from the nfl yeah yeah as long as they're different enough and they can do these weird quirky things add on to the quirkiness you know of what they had last year it could they could really really be on to something i mean when i was watching the games they were actually entertaining games it was just not enough differential to for me to be like, I want to watch this every single week. Yeah, they, they had a good start. I, I think this time would be really good for them to just like, okay, go to the drawing board. What worked in those three or four games they played? And then scrap some of the things that didn't work. Right. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. I, I, I think there's, there's potential here, especially with the Rock on board. So, For sure. Hey, and, you know, we, we kind of um, we opened this question up to our our small group of fr- fans right now <laughs> we we asked them um if the xfl was actually going to survive this third time because if you remember the first time um vince mcmahon came in i think it was like early 2000s or early 90s i can't remember exactly but it was very over the top very theatrical and it burned out very quickly mm-hmm. and then we had the second one obviously this year that was Basically, it, it cut all of that. It still had a little bit of that, but like, it was more of just like an NFL alternative, less of like a WWE cross with NFL. Kind of like so, a minor league for for the NFL, almost. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I I think if they stay in that lane, I think this league could definitely survive. I think this third time could be the charm for them. I will tell you one person that they need, then they just need to convince them to come back. And that's Johnny Manziel. You get Johnny Manziel, then you have a, you have a whole league right there. Absolutely. You have the entire state of Texas watching. Yeah, for real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Bring back Johnny. And I think there's, there's probably a lot of other players out there they could bring back. Eddie Lacy's probably out there. Um, oh my gosh, that'd be great. If we know T.O. is out here. Oh, T.O. would be the greatest person to bring into this league ever. You've got you got mid forties T.O. out there burning out these youngins and just just destroying people. That would be the most entertaining thing. I would tune into that every week just to watch T.O. burn people. 
Yeah. Now that, go ahead, Cody. Uh, another thing with the XFL too, it it didn't really fail the second time. I think the virus made it fail. I think it would be back for uh, this coming spring if uh, COVID nineteen didn't happen. Yeah, um, th- that's a good point. It was it was not necessarily their fault that it kind of failed in quotes. Yeah. But um yeah, so the poll that we did have up, I think most people thought that they're gonna survive. And, and I think the three of us are on the same page that they're gonna this league's gonna keep going. I, I hope it keeps going for sure. Yeah. But um that kind of that wraps it up for all our sports stuff tonight. Except for we got one last treat. Um we thought it'd be great to kind of just cap it off with something just light and fun. Um, we For our final segment of the day, we got Idiot of the Week, Sports Idiot of the Week. And every week, we're going to nominate someone, each of us, or a team of idiots that are just not, not doing good out in the world. And they're just making their sport look really bad. Me, personally, this week, I... I recommends uh, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's out here basically pushing his anti-vax his anti-vax theories and stuff and his conspiracies in a time where just like people really don't want to hear that and like honestly nobody asks and it's just like dude like uh, you can try to make your conspiracy things like when this comes up but it's just like no nobody wants to hear when like we're still in the middle of a pandemic and like everyone's freaking out and we're worried about safety and the cure would be like a uh, vaccine and you're just out here like oh i don't believe in vaccines i would never take them it's like what example also are you setting for your fan your young fans like why, why would you decide to like come out and do this during this time it's just it's so dumb it's so dumb. Yeah, but, um, it's definitely not a good look for him at this point. It, it really isn't. He's he's kind of have just he's had a long just train of just like these stories that are just not not good. It would just be another thing that Twitter roasting for. He just keeps putting things out in the news that like they're so dumb, and he he just needs to put that behind him and just like. I, I wouldn't say be one of those guys just like, oh, just shut up and play basketball. But it's just like, don't say stupid things. It's, it's that simple. I miss the Dwight Howard to put on the Superman cape. I do too. And, and I hope we get to kind of see a little bit of that in the, this playoffs. They need him to play well, for sure. He's been but, good um, for the Lakers this he year. He has. It's a good spot for him. It's, his second time around has been good. Cody, who's who's your idiot this week? Who you got? My- my idea of the week's the New York Mets. They were they've been so bad. They're such a poorly run organization that they had a player just leave without telling them until like their game had already started. Didn't leave a note, nothing. He just left his hotel room all clean when they went in to check and he's he said, Peace out, I'm leaving your horrible team. <laughs> yeah. what does that say about your program though? Like he doesn't even leave a note. Like <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's got to be like a top like 50 weird sports story. 
in, in a year of just weird stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, and then the next day, a picture of him at the mall comes up. <laughs> yeah, he's not worried about the virus. He just wants out of mitts. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, don't you realize, like, you're opting out of your contract that would help you to buy things at the mall? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> nah, he's good on money. Doing? He's made a ton of money at this point. Um, but yeah, he, he probably has made a good amount. Yeah, he, he's, he's not still, worried. He's, he's not struggling. He's back. He could get more. Uh, could. But what do you got, Q? Uh, idiot of the week? My idiot of the week is... Uh, you know, I was going to say the Arizona Cardinals... Or not the Arizona Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, but I'm changing it to Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred is just... He's a clown at this point. He has no direction. He hasn't had, he hasn't put any plans in place. And it's just, it's, it's becoming such a, such a laughing stock almost. And if you allow players to do things as, as the Marlins and the Cardinals have done and just sit there and blow your entire league without any punishments, without any, any sanctions, anything like that. And it's just, it's terrible. Do you think he's going to be gone after this year? I truly hope so, but I but <laughs> he will not. <laughs> uh, yeah, so doubt it. that's that's it for our idiots of the week. We got the anti-vaxer, we got the Stooge and Rob Manfred, and we got the team that's just a freaking joke. We'll we'll run a poll and see who you guys think is the the big the the number one idiot of the week, and uh, that really that wraps up our show. Um, we, we really cover a lot today, a lot of good topics, and we'll keep expanding on this stuff for sure. Um, but one, one thing we've been thinking is uh, we're going to be doing a lot of things outside the podcast, too. We're going to be having some short videos up on YouTube. Go ahead and uh, follow us on YouTube. Uh, one of the first short videos we're going to have this week is um, we're going to have a breakdown of the MMA, MMA fight on Saturday, which should be pretty exciting. And then besides that, um, Apple Podcast should be up soon. Um, it, it just takes a little bit longer for that to set up. But we are available on Spotify. We're available on YouTube. We're available on uh, Anchor as well. So r- really, if you if you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, there's a link on both sites, and you'll be able to pull up the other social medias, and you'll be able to pull up the sites where you can listen. So just follow that, and... Keep an eye on that and uh, keep an eye on us for the next couple days. And uh, we'll be back next week, another Wednesday episode. And who knows what we're going to have and what's going to be in store for us. It's probably going to be a bunch of other crazy things. But, yeah, that's it. Peace out, guys. Yeah, we want to thank all of you for your uh, feedback and stuff. Uh, Keep giving us feedback. And also a shout out to Texas Sports Life.